0: All right, so this is the last fellowship message of the summer. Y'all remember when when we talked about it the first time, what I told you fellowship sounds like? What's the word that it sounds like? Yeah, what is it? Friendship, right? Fellowship sounds like friendship. So we want to surround ourselves with godly friends. We want to have people above us to minister to us. But here's the really cool thing. Not just above you, not just around you, but also below you. We want to talk tonight about what does it look like to set a good example for those around you. Before I talk about that, here's what I want to talk about. Raise your hand if you've heard of it or seen the new Jason Bourne movie. Have any of y'all? Yeah? You've probably seen some commercials for it. It's kind of a big deal. I haven't seen it yet, but here's really what it's about. And there's a ton of these. It's not the only one. It's about a guy who kind of loses his memory forgets who he is, but he goes on these missions. He's a spy. He's really strong. He's also really smart. It's one of those things. He tries to save the day. And here's what's really interesting. This kind of movie is really out all the time. Like we see these kind of movies all the time. This storyline of there's this hero, he's awesome, he's really powerful, but there's something hard he's going to have to go through. These are the kind of movies that we love to see, those action-packed type of movies. But here's what's really interesting about it. I think the reason why we like to see those is because God created us as men to love adventures. He created us to love adventures and to want to be a part of some story that's bigger than ourselves. I think that's why we love these kinds of movies. And here's what's really, cool, is that God invites you to come and be a part of the greatest story ever told, the greatest mission ever told, greater than anything Jason Bourne ever did, or any other movie that you've seen. He invites you to be on his mission to share the gospel, make disciples, and change people's lives. That's pretty amazing. He invites you to come and not be a man that's a spy or something like that, but to be a godly man. Godly men are like magnets, Godly men are like magnets; They attract other people to Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to talk about this today. I'm not just going to talk about how do you set an example. What I really want to talk about today is how do you grow into being a godly man? As if you grow into being a godly man, you will set an example. So I just want to ask that one question. How do we grow into a godly man? What is a godly man? How do we grow into that? So these are the verses. actually not going to be our memory verse tonight. This is in 1 Corinthians 16, and I have a wristband that actually says this verse. It's one of our first armor-up wristbands. So here it is. I'm going to read the verses, and I'm just going to give you three things that I see from it about a godly man. And here's what's cool is I made them all with S's in there so you can memorize this. It's really easy for you. So here it is. This is God's setup. For Godly men. This is his design. This is what he wanted when he created us as men, as boys. How do we grow into what God wants us to be specifically as men? Here's what he says. Verse 13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Now some translations, if you read it, instead of be courageous, it will say act like men. It's a pretty cool line, isn't it? Act like men. That was actually a phrase that they would use before they went into battle. So that's what that means. So he says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Let all that you do, whatever it is, be done in love. So there's three things I want to hit you with real quick. Here's the first one is this. When I read that verse, what I see is this. Because they're watchful, they're on their guard, and they're firm in the faith, this is what I take from that. Godly men seek the Lord. That's the first thing about godly men. Godly men seek the Lord. Raise your hand if you know who Sam Bradford is. Y'all have heard of the name, Sam Bradford. He went to OU, he won the Heisman Trophy, was the first overall pick, and now plays for the Eagles. And when I was at OU, he was actually there. He was finishing up, and I lived in the athletic dorm my first year of college. So I got to live where all of the football players lived, which was really cool. DeMarco Murray was in there, too. And what these guys would do, that's a picture of him at OU practice. And here's what I noticed about Sam Bradford. I would see him every single day in the dorm where we lived, And he would always be the first person to wake up every single day. He'd be the first person to wake up, always the first person in the place where we would eat. Why would he do that? Because he wanted immediately to wake up and go and start working on football, start working at school. He had a goal. I've never seen somebody this focused for something. He woke up before everyone. He went to bed after everyone. He was obsessed with his goal. And his goal was football. His goal was to be a great student. That was his goal. Now here's why I tell you that about Sam. That should be the kind of focus that we put into our faith. That should be the kind of seeking that we have after the Lord. Just like an athlete... A great athlete puts everything they have into seeking to be better. That's the kind of seeking that we should put out. And unfortunately, that's not what we see a lot today. We see the faith among men be kind of the last thing that we seek once we get everything else done. But the first thing that we learn from those verses is God designed men to seek after him, to chase after him hardcore. Here's the second thing. It actually says in the verse, godly men stay strong in the faith godly men stay strong in the faith. So here's really what that means is this. You think about Sam, back to that illustration, if Sam were to be like, man, I love football, but he never showed up to practice, would you think that he really loved football? No, no. And this is what that means. Do you think that he wanted to practice every day? No, I'm sure he didn't. It gets really cold up there. It gets kind of tough sometimes. I'm sure he didn't want to practice every day, but he did. And here's why. What it means to stand strong in your faith is this, is godly men live what they say they believe. They don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I went to Canna I went to Pine Cove. It was awesome. I go to Armor Up. It actually affects their life. It actually affects their life. Like when they go to school, you notice something different about them. And really what it means is this, is that they're willing to stand firm in their faith when those around them don't. Because here's the deal, if I'm being really honest with you tonight, this is what I would tell you, is that when you get into 7th and 8th grade, and especially high school, it's going to become less popular to really be a strong follower of Jesus. You can call yourself a Christian, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really standing firm in your faith when nobody else does. But what a godly man does is this, they don't care what's going on around them. They stand firm in courage in what they believe, even when nobody else does. It's pretty cool. And here's the third thing that they do. It's in the last verse, in verse 14. Do everything in love. It balances everything out. Not only do they seek the Lord with passion, not only do they stand firm in their faith with courage and bravery, but they also do everything in love. There is a gentleness about them. There's a compassion about them. There is a love about them. Really, in a nutshell, this is what they do. Godly men serve others. That's what they do with their time. When they wake up in the morning, they want to use the hours of their day to serve God and to serve others. They don't want to use the hours of their day to be lazy or just make themselves feel good or just have fun. They want to use the hours that they've been given to just spend their days serving God and serving others, giving themselves to help serve others. So here are the three things right here. Godly men seek the Lord. Godly men stay strong in the faith and godly men serve others. Those are the three things that they do. They seek the Lord, they stay strong in the faith, and they serve others. But here's the issue. Here's the issue, is that this doesn't really happen for all of us, right? Like, who here would say they're perfect at this? Probably no one. No one in this room would say we're perfect at these three things. This is how God set up men to be, This is how he designed us to live. It's not necessarily being the big, strong athlete. Not necessarily being the most popular guy. It's not necessarily being the guy with all the money. It's these three things. That's how he designed men to operate. But the problem is this. When we look in our world today, what we see is a world that values different types of men. We see a world that really celebrates men who are selfish. And that's kind of the fourth S here, is that in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin came into the world. And because of that, every one of us is born a sinner. Every one of us is born a sinner. You don't have to teach someone how to sin. You really don't. We are naturally born selfish. And as men, here's where that shows up. And I really want you to hear this because we see this all the time. As men, this is where that shows up, shows up in one of two ways. The first way is this. It's what you would call being passive. And this is what I mean by that. It would mean not stepping up in your faith, not making faith the important thing. It would be, and a lot of times what we see in churches today is a lot of women being the main leaders. We see a lot of women being the leaders of the family when it comes to faith. They should be leaders, but men should be leading in the faith. They shouldn't be sitting back like, ah, oh, I just hope someone else does it. The men should be the guys that are stepping up and leading. But the second thing is this. It's not just selfish being passive. It's uh, The other side is being selfishly aggressive. So it might not be like, oh, I don't want to do anything. It might be the way that we treat people is poor. We take advantage of people. We get angry at people. That's a different end of the spectrum with selfishness. So what I want you to do right now is think of this. I want you to think of where does selfishness show up in your life? Where does it show up in your life? Where does it show up in your life? I gave you a couple options. gave you a couple things to think about. It's all over our world today, and we all struggle with it. Maybe it's more on the passive side. Maybe it's more on the really aggressive side. Those are the types of men that we see in movies. Those are the types of men we see because of sin. Now, here's the deal. With our selfishness, Here's what's really, really awesome, is what I'm not going to do tonight is tell you, man, we need to stop being selfish and go be better men. That's not what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I am going to tell you tonight, and I really want you to hear this. My favorite passage in the Bible is Philippians 2, 3 through 11. Philippians 2, 3 through 11. And it says this, don't do anything out of selfishness. Don't do anything out of selfishness. But instead, consider others better than yourself. And then this is what it says. It basically says, be like Jesus, because Jesus Christ was God. He's equal with God. He was in heaven with God forever before the world was even created. But he chose to give up that privilege, to come down, to live among us. He was a little baby. He ended up being a homeless man that was put on a cross. He lived his whole life to serve others. There's a story in John 13 of him washing disciples' feet. That's about as humble as you can get. Jesus used his entire life to serve others. He is the ultimate example of an unselfish man. He sought the Lord 100% his whole life. He stayed firm in his faith when no one else did, and he gave his life to serve others. He was the perfect man. And here's what's awesome, is if you believe in what he did on the cross for you, when God sees you, that's what he sees. He sees what Jesus did. He sees you as forgiven, Holy and now delighted in that's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's how he sees you now And when you get your mind around that, that's like fuel that just gives me fuel To want to follow him and that's what's awesome is that he also gives you his holy spirit And that means this that that can help you become that godly man You can't do it on your own But god can help you and me overcome our selfishness to seek him to stand firm and to serve others It's pretty amazing Um, Jason Bourne, back to that whole thing, the whole storyline in the first movie is that he forgets who he is. He doesn't remember who he is. He's like, what's my name? I don't even know. Was I here one time? Picture that if you went home tonight and all of a sudden you're just like, I don't recognize you. Why do I know you? And it's your mom. That's kind of what he was going through. He had no idea who he was at all. No idea who he was. And guys, that is how a lot of men live. They don't know who they are. Am I the, am I the stud athlete? Am I the great uh, student? Am I the really cool guy? Am I the guy that gets the girls? What am I? And what that message that I just told you means is that who you are is someone that God sent his son to die for. And when you get that and you remember that as who you are, that's just going to fuel you To live as a godly man. So, I want to give you a few quick little steps and then I'm going to pray for you. If you're like, how do I even start? Where do I even start? Here's some practical stuff. Other than reminding yourself of what Jesus did on the cross for you all the time, here's what I would tell you. I would identify the men in your life, whether it's a dad, church leader, coach, teacher, whatever it is, that you think embody those three things that we talk about, that you think show those three things. And I would spend time with them. I would get to know them. I would learn from them. I'd ask them questions. I would observe them. But find those guys and learn from. They're not going to be perfect, but what they will do is admit it when they're not perfect which is really cool. The second one is this. I use him as an example. I don't know if he's in here. Jackson Hubbard is uh, hes a senior in here. There he is. He's in the back. There you go. So he wasn't here the first hour, which it totally proves the point of what I'm going to say, actually, which is cool. Jackson's a kicker for the high school. He's being recruited to play in colleges, and he's in one of my high school Bible studies, and he is by far the busiest high school student I've ever met. He works really hard at school, works really hard at sports, but what's really cool to me is Every Sunday night, he makes it to Bible study really without fail. Like every Sunday night, he finds a way to be there. He finds a way to be there. He seeks his faith and practices his faith just as hard as he practices school and sports. And when people are like, Man, I'm busy, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, Jackson's busier than you, and he figures it out. He works just as hard as his faith as he does everything else. So, my challenge to you is this. Think about an athlete working hard at their sport. Think about a student working hard at their school. I want to challenge you as a man to make that commitment to work as hard at becoming a godly man in pursuing Jesus as you do a sport. Just as hard as you would do that. So, I'll end with this. Um, I think this was either last night or a couple nights ago. Michael Phelps in the Olympics uh, won this race. It was, I think, a butterfly race. And this dude right next to him has been talking trash to him for four years because what happened four years ago is this guy on top upset him. He barely beat him. And he's been talking trash to him for four years. Michael Phelps hasn't said anything. hasn't said anything about it. And uh, what they showed, that, that uh, picture of Michael Phelps we showed earlier, he's really mad. The reason why he's really mad, you can go on YouTube and check this out, is this. That dude right there is dancing in front of him before the race. He's shadow boxing. He's like pretending to punch himself. He's trying to mess with Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is just focused. He's just locked in. And this picture to me is just awesome. Because obviously, who's this guy looking at? He's looking at Phelps. He's not really swimming his race, right? He's distracted because he's looking at the guy next to him. What is Michael Phelps doing, though? He's just locked in, isn't he? He doesn't even care about that guy that's talking trash to him. And I thought that's just the perfect image of how we should be as godly men to end our time is what a godly man does is he is not worried about what's going on around him. He is not distracted by what other people are doing around him. What a godly man does is he is locked in and focused on his goal, doesn't worry about what other people do, and his goal is Jesus Christ. His goal is pursuing hard after Christ who first pursued him. So look at Phelps. Picture that focus And my prayer is that that would be the kind of passion and focus that we as men pursue Christ with. If we can help you do that, let us know.